Hold on to your butts. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Reviewed Movie Podcast. I am Ivan Kander and I am joined by Mike Morandi and Dave Glenn. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, hello gentlemen. gentlemen. And this is the uh, movie review podcast where we talk about old or classic movies from a modern cinematic perspective to determine if they hold up. So uh, you can find us on the web at reviewedpodcast.com. You can reach us via email at contact at reviewedpodcast.com. And where else am I missing? Oh, facebook.com slash reviewed podcast. We are currently changing recording locations. We are broadcasting in a dungeon. So <laughs> but a beautiful dungeon, really. A classy dungeon. So um, if we sound a little echoey, that's why. But we're trying to work through the kinks as we... Uh, as we go, and I should also probably mention on lead what the show is actually talking about this week. We are talking about I'm the worst host, ever. <laughs> or the best. Um, we are talking about the movie Field of Dreams, the 1989 uh, classic uh, about Kevin fathers Costner. and sons and baseball and uh, Kevin Costner. Uh, so, that's really yeah. what the movie's about. It's Kevin about Costner. Kevin Costner. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're talking about today. Um, and we should also congratulate ourselves. Self congratulation is always necessary. Yeah. This is episode 10 so yeah. i think we can retire now. i didn't think yeah. at the outset we would make it this far actually i'm very Halfway very to impressed. 20 yeah i can actually say that uh, doing a bi-monthly podcast was a lot harder <laughs> to do than i initially thought it was going to be i'm like yeah. oh it'll be simple but just coordinating schedules is always hard yeah. it's just trying because uh, apparently we're busy people so. so guys please don't review us too harshly on itunes ivan takes it very personally this takes a lot of his time <laughs> oh also he was in tears. if you like us though do review us on itunes that's another thing i keep on forgetting to mention that does help us out You're so welcome so uh um, yeah, so, you know, all your friends and relatives, tell them to listen to the show. <laughs> Definitely. So let's talk about Field of Dreams, gentlemen. You ready to do this? Yeah. Uh, no. I'd be remiss if I didn't, of course, mention the plot. It's actually a very hard plot to, I feel like, to sum up mm. uh, in, in, mm. in a logline, in a way. Um, it's an American fantasy drama film uh, directed by Phil Alden Robinson, uh, based on W.P. Kinsella's novel, Shoeless Joe. Mm -hmm. And it's about a man who, uh, played by Kevin Costner, a farmer in Iowa, who begins hearing voices that tell him to basically build a baseball field. And what results is an emotional journey through the sport and through his own personal life and through fantastic basically it's like a magical realism film if you really yeah. think about it um uh based on this bedrock of uh, american baseball um then now this movie i mean growing up uh, just starting out i loved this movie growing up um i was a big baseball fan i played baseball till i was 14 and mm -hmm. i thought this movie uh, really kind of captured the essence of of the game but as i've talked to people grow uh growing older i figured out this movie's got uh there's a big vocal uh people that downcry this movie really <laughs> really yeah wow. people that call it too syrupy too sappy mm. too saccharine that kind mm. of thing um so i'm curious to hear uh your thoughts on this movie uh because mike at, per usual you <laughs> <laughs> so mike take it away what are your thoughts on field of dreams did this movie make you cry as it does me every time or did you stare at it in disbelief that this can make anybody cry i think i vomited at one point no i didn't know I, 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 okay first of all um i did see the movie before so a scene or two oh, in like first grade. <laughs> so, oh, oh my but just God. hey, I've seen it, guys. I gotta, I gotta take, what, <laughs> take what I can get. No. Wow, you're so familiar with it. Yeah, yeah, Dear yeah. Expert, yes. Tell us more. So, with my intimate knowledge of this movie, I'll go on to say, um, I, I there was actually yeah, there were some uh, scenes I really did like. Overall, I thought it was it was a great idea and a great concept. I think the execution wasn't quite there. I think they they had a really good idea of this I, this concept of a man who builds a field where. Essentially, miracles are happening. Men can come in and like relive their life. They can kind of correct the mistakes they've made. They get to really enjoy what they had done in there. And I thought that concept was really cool. Um, I felt like the storytelling and the plot structure was just kind of all over the place. I feel like it could have been more concise. I feel like there was um, like just you know the whole thing with the writer, and I just felt like it was every it was all over the place, winding back and forth. And I think um, you could have streamlined it a lot more, made it more efficient. Um, I thought that the guy with the bank, the bank guy was kind of like very, just like not needed, superfluous. He's a brother, brother in law, yeah. yeah. Basically the villain of the film. Right. And he like wasn't really, I would have been much more interested to see him kind of take the place of, not, not that I love, I don't love James Earl Jones. I think he was great, but um, I, I don't know. I thought his, his character was kind of shoehorned in and it wasn't really, like he wasn't really much of a, like, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll go into it more in depth, but. Um, overall, I thought the idea was cool. I thought it really captures, like you said, captures the essence of baseball. I'm not even a huge baseball fan, but I, I had a much stronger appreciation for it watching it. I think you kind of 
get a sense for like what it what it stands for, what it means. I, you know, the, the, it was shot beautifully in the the uh, they capture the essence of summer, even summer like playing baseball out in the fields. Like I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we should mention we're doing this movie because baseball season just started. Right. It's spring. Yeah. Uh, and we should also mention that actually tomorrow is the 25th anniversary of this movie's release. Oh, that's why I totally chose it. Are yeah. you serious? I'm serious. That's, huge. that's perfect. Yeah. Look yeah. at this. Boom. Yeah. See, it's all synergy. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we do things on the review movie podcast. <laughs> Such planning. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I can pretty much. So you're wrap lukewarm it up on it, is what you're saying. Uh, I, I I like it. I just wish it. Give did me the give me the A to F review. Oh, we don't. Have oh, have <laughs> 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 to go there. I, I give it. I give it like a. B minus C. Okay, something like that. Wrong. That's that's how I would interpret your your reaction to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Dave. Now, what's your familiarity with this film? Did you play baseball? Do you have the? I played. Okay, so I I liked baseball. I was a huge baseball fan growing up. Uh, I, I liked watching it more than playing it. I played it for a little bit as a kid. I didn't like the idea of having really tough little balls thrown at you for 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 whatever reason and just standing there I'm like why am I standing here having this I, I, there's, there's got to be something else I can play where I don't have to like risk injury so you weren't very so, good I take it so, yes not very, <laughs> so good, not very good played right field not okay. very good yes, so this would yes. have been a perfect field for you could have come back and kind of relived the... yes I, I quickly moved on to soccer which is is not not the sport of not the American pastime baseball is obviously the American pastime and I loved watching baseball or at least I loved the food at the baseball game and I loved the stats and I love the stories behind the players, and I like going with my dad. and And uh, there was a point where I just I lost interest in, in sports in general, and I lost it. Kind of like Kevin Costner's character, where he, you know, he says he's just lost. Um, he like uh, rebels against his father when he's when he's younger, and and part of that is rejecting baseball, I think. And so I, I didn't quite go to the extremes that uh, Kevin Costner's character goes to in this movie, but I did. You know, kind of lose interest in sports, and, and my dad's still interested in sports. And I moved on to movies, and the reason we're doing one of the reasons we're doing this podcast. Anyway, that's I'm kind of rambling. I saw this movie in the theaters. Uh, I saw I it did because, as well. I saw this in the theaters. I was yeah. four years old. I okay. distinctly wow. remember seeing it in the theaters. Wow. So, what was, so your, I was, what was your critique of it at that point, Ivan? Did I you just remember a... the theater was in a basement. <laughs> all, I remember going like underground to get into the theater, and that was like, a, like stuck out in my mind. Like, why are we going underground? What's Memories going on of movies. Here? It's, it's a weird thing when you're a little kid, like that young. And, and I, I went to see the Black Stallion when I was a little, like about that age, and. I have vague memories of what that was like. But I saw this when I was 13 in the theaters with a friend, and then I, you know, I saw it on video multiple times later. And, but it didn't hit me emotionally, and, I, and I'm sure it didn't hit you emotionally when you were four years no, old. No, not at all. No. Right, you, you watched it years later. So I remember seeing this movie, and then my dad saw it, and, and I, I said, what do you think of Field of Dreams? He's like, oh, I cried. I was like, I couldn't. I was like, you <laughs> cried? Because it, it just it didn't hit me the first time I saw it. And then uh, later on when I saw it again, you know, I would, it would just well up every time. That that final scene with his father. I mean, it's a, yeah, I, I think there's yeah. a reason this movie is kind of uh, held up, even though it is uh, kind of a syrupy, sentimental movie. Um, people really still connect to the um, to to the simplicity of it. Of it. You know, the fathers and son in redemption, uh-huh. reconnecting to your past, and and uh, wishing that you could change things, and having like a, an actual way to do it through a movie and and. Uh, and and baseball, so I mean I don't know. So and for uh, all the, the critiques of it being too syrupy, like, I I don't think that scene with his father was too. No, well, I think no, it was very. No, I thought it was like, very God subtle. God damn, do I yeah. love that scene? Oh, it's, I, it's, it still holds it's, it's up good. really well. Yeah, and, that, yeah. and that actor who plays his father didn't really go on to do a lot of, a lot of stuff, but he's you know it's you know it's sincere. It's very sentimental, but yeah. it's also a very sincere movie. So watching it now, I think there's a lot of a lot of the criticisms that you level at it. Where, where you say like uh, you know this, it just kind of goes up in different directions like I, I still don't really understand why they needed the Archibald Graham story right. even yeah. though even though Burt Lancaster is probably the best performance in the movie I mean I don't quite get why they, they needed all these different stories to you're right they probably could have stayed focused on it could have been on... cooler if because if, I like the idea like his, his story is a great he's a real guy that didn't actually happen he played for what one inning three outs and that was it and that was it's his whole fan, career yeah it's a really right. good story and I thought right. it, it would have been cool if we just if, if these guys were kind of coming to this field like Almost just they stay in Iowa and they kind of just start attracting themselves to this field and we're experiencing like the way he picks them up on the side of the road. Like if he picks them up on the side of the road, why do they have to go to was it Chicago uh, well, to they, get him? Like and, well, and he's already dead. He had to go well, there to have a, so a dream about him. Maybe like, we should kind of rewind the basically. Right. I'm just going to try right. to go cut through the plot as quickly as I can. Right. So uh, uh, Ray Kinsella's uh, 
character Can, play, played, played by, by Kevin Costner, Costner mm-hmm. uh, is a farmer in Iowa. He starts hearing voices from uh, the voice, who in the credits is cleverly played by himself, which I always thought was a nice little touch. Yeah. <laughs> um, to he hears the phrase, "If you build it, they, uh, he will come," and uh, that is a vision where he, if he constructs a baseball field, he will basically bring back Shoeless Joe Jackson, his father's favorite player, right. to play on his field. And then from there, he keeps on hearing the voices afterwards. Um, so after the players start showing up, he he gets the. Uh, he gets the uh, um, he gets the message to uh, ease his pain, right. which is then he believes he has to go to find Terrence Mann, who is a famous author in the uh, basically in the style of J.D. Salinger. He's right. supposed to be He's a recluse. As, as this recluse author who wrote a very important book in the nineteen seventies. Six, sorry, in the right, 60s, yeah. who had this dream of uh, visiting Ebbets Field before they tore it down. Mm-hmm. So now he, that becomes his mission. And then once he picks up Terrence Mann, played by James Earl Jones, he hears one final voice to hear uh, i believe it's go the distance yeah um and that involves a other subplot uh where he goes to find this old player who played one inning as mike said and ended up being a doctor mm-hmm. uh, in the small dead. town who's already dead uh, uh named uh, moonlight graham or archibald graham and then from there it all kind of comes together in the end of the movie about dreams and ideas now right. if i can i can agree with your criticism if i was to analyze this movie on just a plot wise it plot perspective it doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense no. like why things are happening mm-hmm. and why they're happening to certain people mm-hmm. i mean but as just a whole big bottle of movie goodness mm-hmm. like it just hits every cinematic button that i want like so mm-hmm. i'm a huge twilight zone fan it's got mm-hmm. a very twilight zone aesthetic to it yeah. it's got it's got uh, uh, any movie with fathers and sons as a core emotional moment is like money for me like that is like okay i don't know if you guys have triggers when it comes to like sad things in movies some people have it with animals something people have it with kids mine et e. was always it for me. mine <laughs> is fathers and sons it's, it's it's movies like big fish it's movies like frequency it's like mm-hmm. any movie where like a father is reconnecting with his son like wistfully yeah and it's just enough to just kill it for me. getting Jedi. choked up right now look I'm at him telling he's, you, he's man. apart the seams and <laughs> then the third said return of the jedi <laughs> <laughs> And then, of course, yeah, Return of the Jedi. And then, of course, the, uh, the the final thing is the idea of baseball. Now, people criticize baseball for being boring, and I will concede all the time that watching baseball on television is boring. I, think I will it's boring t- if you don't really know the game within the game. I, I think totally if, yeah. understand why you can find baseball boring, but I would argue that baseball is the most cinematic of sports, and the reason for that being is that it's because it's such a patient game in real life, it allows for inherent dramatic tension when you're filming it in a movie. Mm-hmm. For a, a game like basketball, where the game is moving so quickly and shots are being fired so quickly in baseball, the pitch is labored and patient. So there's inherent dramatic tension when he throws it, when he, mm-hmm. he's going to wind up mm-hmm. and he's going to push off mm-hmm. and he, is he going to get us? Like there's just a lot going on there. I think that lends itself well to it's much off. easier to cut from point A to B and understand exactly. that people are doing different things as opposed to say football it's e- where it's like it's a, it's a kind of a jumbled mess it's on the field it's harder thing to shoot yeah, to, cinematically yeah, or hockey or so something that, so is this why you are currently in production on a baseball movie I think is partially I cheap think- plug <laughs> Ivan is shooting a baseball movie well, I mean I think you're right I think partially there's something to do with that and I also think there's something to, I, I think I was interested in the character before I wrote that movie but the whole idea of just baseball I think just lends yeah. itself well to movies I agree. and so forth um so that's why i think this movie works despite its narrative flaws almost to the point where i didn't really notice there existed to be narrative flaws until i just rewatched it now mm-hmm. when i started like really trying to pick it apart i'm like yeah i really love this but does it make a whole lot of sense yeah and we could i mean maybe I'll, i kind of want to start talking spoilers about stuff that makes no sense in the movie but, a lot of them yeah. but uh I'll, do you have anything to say about that like before i continue just dominating the conversation <laughs> what about, about what is about just the either the plot like do you think i guess my question is do you think that the flaws in the plot are overlooked enough by the great emotional moments and the great individual moments like, i think that's i think yeah i think it's success is probably owed to the fact that it was emotionally very it, it, there's a lot of emotional payoffs where I think people kind of get sentimental and they overlook stuff. I think for me, unfortunately, I, a plot is always like, that's what I pay attention to the most. When I see something like, wait, why are they going, like, why do they have mm-hmm. to do it this way? Mm-hmm. Why not? Like, you know, like there could have been better ways of telling really interesting moments. So let's break down some of those. All right. Okay. So what, what was like, all right. Okay, me, well, why Terrence Mann? Why this guy from, no, I feel like the writer I, well, just liked the sixties and wanted I to think, work it in. I think like, the overarching question I could ask about the movie is why, any character in this movie. What makes Ray Kinsella and his troubled relationship with his father better than well, any other well, troubled okay, relationship that, I, with fathers? Okay, well, I mean, the, the that, okay, so the core story of this movie is he's built, he, he makes this weird decision to plow over his field 
And uh, because, you know, the movie's about, like, uh, following your heart and, like, you know, or, or doing crazy things that you, that, you know, for whatever reason, because you think it's the right thing to do. Yeah, that worked. So, that, so that stuff is, like, you know, that, that's one element of the movie. But then it goes off in, in kind of this other direction where he's like, okay, so I think I, the, the other right thing to do is to drive to, to Boston to meet this guy. And, and, while, and, while, and, you know, I'm trying to think of, like, how did they connect it at the end, right? Well, it's the so, idea that, I guess the, over, the so argument what, what for what was that the point is that, that he, this guy, also really liked baseball. And he, but has, to like, write, he has to write about it, though. Right. That's why job. wasn't he a sports writer that got disenfranchised? Where we, yeah, because, I, I don't, I, he I doesn't have to be a sports writer. Uh, it was distracting. Because mm-hmm. they, they went off this whole branch about the book burning in the 60s, which was, okay, great, okay, you're going to try to make a point, but that has nothing to do with the heart of the story, which is fathers and sons and mm-hmm. baseball. Right. It's, I mean, it was, was it the worst thing world i mean no it was fine but like that whole i just it just didn't fit with the rest I mean, of it and i feel like it took a focus it didn't away fit, from but it, it was yeah. still good for me like you know what i mean like this, the stuff was still really well like i, I love those scenes between kevin costner and james earl jones i love he, that scene when he tries yeah. to get him with the fake gun i think that's yeah. hilarious yeah, 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 yeah. i mean that, the, yeah i mean it may not make a lot of sense but the scenes are still so i think that maybe the reason this movie holds up is that, that the emotional beats still hit really hard and, and, and they're still they're just really well done and the acting is just very sincere. So those scenes that don't make any sense may not make any sense, but they're still entertaining to watch. And still, at least for me, um, you know, but it doesn't make any sense why he's going why he's going out to Boston. I mean, why isn't he staying here? And why aren't they sticking with a story in Iowa? But, yeah, I, uh, I just I look at this. I, I think of it like because in real life that kind of stuff happens. Like it's right. just bizarre. It's just things happen that are unrelated. Like life doesn't make sense. Life is not concise. Life is not efficient with its storytelling. But. Right. When you're crafting a story and you're setting up a structure, like you, it needs to be a lot more. I, I just think it needs to be have a purpose. It has to be purposeful. And I think everything, character's plot has to some way serve the major heart of the story. And I don't think a lot of those things didn't really do that. Like even the brother-in-law, I felt like he was just kind of in there a little. He well, should have been the villain from the very beginning. So maybe and they the would whole have, movie. They would have focused the story more on him, the brother-in-law story. Maybe that would have made it more what you're calling efficient. Right. What it if might the, not have what been if, as good though? What if the? Well, no, that's not true. I, what, I if think, he what if he's the brother-in-law? Yeah. Thing? What if the brother-in-law was the? What if that was the guy who loved baseball? And instead of James Earl Jones, you combine those characters, and that becomes like it's you're winning over someone who doesn't believe but also loves baseball. I feel like something like that is more. Well, then you don't get James Earl Jones. Uh, speech. Epic what, speech. If, what if James Earl Jones is somehow in there as a player? You can, you can put that speech in there. And I love that speech. I think James yeah. Earl Jones kills it too. That like, speech is yeah. one of my favorite written things in all of cinema. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little heavy handed, but at yes. that point it's I'm okay with it. Though. Heavy but I'm but I'm okay with it at that point. It's James Earl like, Jones saying it though. <laughs> right. Yeah. If it was anybody else, you, you know, just the way he's like America was paved over and over again, but yeah, the one rebuilt. consistent. Yeah. It's almost like baseball. they should cut away to like Americana Michael Bay shot scenes of American flags or something while he's saying. 1950s yeah. street workers and suspenders yeah. like toiling yeah. away watching baseball yeah. in the bars at night baseball yeah. is the one thing that's kept us all together Ray people will come Ray people will come people will come um, so it's just um, the other major major and I don't want to jump too far ahead but the one I guess we've already spoiled the movie but the one major thing I've never understood about this movie even after watching it multiple times is does Terrence Mann die at the end of this movie? No one knows. Mm, I don't think, I think so. He, I, think I think he's like he just goes rich directly into heaven. He doesn't have to die. So he yeah. just becomes so spiritual. Let me I, try think, to... I think the thing that this movie does well, like as far as the fantasy is concerned, is that it doesn't try to explain anything. Yeah, I think, I think, which I thought was. I think yeah. movies date really terribly when you try to when you try to say well midi chlorians you know, yeah exa- exactly <laughs> exactly when you start explaining the fantasy elements like they don't explain like how Kevin Costner goes back and he essentially travels back in time at one point right yeah he Which, travels back they to don't, they don't, Moonline Crab right but they don't explain anything and that's something, it, just, it just happens because that's just the way the story's moving and that's something I want to make a point because I feel like a lot of movies make this mistake where you don't you don't want to explain things but you also have to make sure it's somewhat limited and there are certain quote unquote rules you're right? talking about right. the idea the rules that, are all over the place right. you're kind of just like well then why why can't you yeah. step off the field well, if you step off the field, why did he become a human being again? And then where did he go? It's like a lot of things start getting confusing, and I, I personally get like disengaged. I'm just like, okay, well, they're just going to figure out something. Something will happen. It doesn't have to be. Well, you have to set up, I think, strong rules. This is, I think, my same gripe I had with uh, Neverending Story, where you don't know what the rules are. You don't know mm-hmm. what's what's allowable and not allowable. So you're not really that invested because you can just think, well, they could just write something in, and something's going to appear, and he'll be fine. So, like, do you think that's a flaw with this film? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Because I th- one thing I would argue is that they're very explicit about certain rules in the movie that they never break. One, the players can't leave. If they leave the field, right. their, their, their dream is done. Right, um, right, right, right. And that happens at the end with Archibald Graham and yeah. him. Well, they don't say why, but I don't think... I think that's what helps, I think. Is yeah, not I, I think it, it was... I think it was 
I just thought it was weird that he could leave. And he, I thought it was better if, if he just could not walk out. Of, he was bound to, like, he couldn't walk out of the circle. Like, But the other thing that doesn't quite, again, I guess you're right, though. It doesn't make sense. They can pitch, they can pick up Archie Graham and he's allowed to leave the field. But once he enters the field for the first time, like, they pick him out right. outside yeah. of the field, yeah, excuse yeah, yeah, yeah. me. And then he enters the field and then he can't leave it. There's a lot of weird things like that. It would have that. been something cool. Like, I, again, like something like maybe he had something to accomplish. He goes to the field. Like he had, that was one dream that always haunted him. He, would, he couldn't move on until he like fulfilled that dream. And then he, because I thought that's a cool scene where he's at, he's, he's at bat and he winks at the pitcher and he gets the ball thrown yeah. at him. That was cool. I like yeah. that scene, especially because you know that's what his dream was. Yeah. So like I liked seeing him accomplish that dream as a young, yeah. young man, but like, Right. Something about like again, like it's just the yeah. Like why did they pick him up there? They could bring him to the field. Then from that point, he could, you know. So maybe that's what these the connection to these other guys are. Is that it, is it Kevin Costner's able to help these other guys it's fulfill their basically right, he had a person to, with a lot a dream that was never fulfilled that right. he can provide for them. It would have been right. cool if they were all coming to this town and he had to pick them up and bring oh, them to the field. Something like that. I just like, thought of something. Why I thought of why Terrence Mann can't be a sports writer. Because his dream was always to be a sports writer for the Brooklyn Dodgers, and they tore down the stadium. He was never able to do that. So he's okay. finally relived well, that. He's able to fulfill that dream now, uh, I guess is enough, my yeah. argument for that. That's what I just, <laughs> that's, that's the way I could try to, <laughs> the best way I could try to explain that. But then, like, uh, yeah, all right, fine. I, I don't want to keep being a dead horse, <laughs> yeah, but right. sure. I just really like James Rodriguez in this movie. Yes. Uh, I, I can, we can keep fighting, but I, I mean, I think the point, I made my point is the fact I think it was just things were a little, just a little convoluted. It could have been, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I want to kind of like pose to you guys is that I think like for a very long time I think Amer- baseball was America's pastime, and I feel like nowadays not. I feel like football is now becoming the great American pastime, sports wise. Yeah, in guess. popularity, I would argue. Yeah, I think I in this certain old sports writer historical nostalgic way, I still think baseball has that trump card. Right, well, you're right. Baseball is kind of like the World War II, and you know, it's I think of it the same way, where it's like World War II is like our, you know, you could have uh, well, they do have. TV channels that are just like World War II channels, you yeah. know. It's like our great—I uh, don't know—I America's Great War, you know, back yeah, in the America's world. Great War, where you can, there's a thousand stories you could tell, just like there's a thousand baseball yeah. stories you can. And tell. I, I think they do a good job of like capturing that too. Because again, I'm not a baseball fan. My brother and my father are huge baseball fans. I played it as a kid a little bit, but I never really got into it. Mm. Um, but I have—I I feel like I had an appreciation for it buried away that I maybe I didn't really—I didn't realize. And then see these guys go out and like pick up a bat and throw a ball and like. Mm. I definitely had an appreciation and a nostalgia for like, oh man, or even thinking about like summer like evenings throwing, having mm-hmm. a catch for my dad out yeah. like up at the field, like things like that. I thought were really like I think it captured well, and I yeah. I really liked that. Like yeah. um, the descriptions that Ray Liotta has of you know when, when you we're first talking about baseball, right? When you when, yeah, when Kevin Costner, yeah. so he he plows over the field, and then at one point Ray Liotta, who plays Shirley Joe Jackson, shows up and he. And he's just kind of standing in the field, and it's just the conversations they have. It's just a very nostalgic conversation about like. You know, it's interesting the way that these characters, these ghosts, talk about themselves. It's like they don't talk about themselves as if they're alive. They talk about themselves as if they're dead, right? They'll say like, "Yeah, yeah. yeah I died in nineteen, you know, thirty-two or whatever." And and uh, you know, they're boy, conscious of it, right? Yeah, yeah. They're very aware of the fact that they're not. Uh, you know, they'll they'll ask if they're in heaven or they'll whatever. Um, you know, and they'll say like, "I died in nineteen thirty-two, so he's doing the math in his head. He's like, "Well, I guess you know, it mm. must have been this and this and this." And so, it, I wonder, do you think these guys were like? Do you think so? If, if they're in heaven or the ether or the great beyond, whatever you want to call it, they're in, you know they they passed on. Do you think the they corn. were kind of like awakened, awoken, and brought to this field against their own will, or do you think they saw it like a beacon? They kind I of came to it. Does it matter? It's like I don't. Again, like I think the more you try to explain the magical realism behind, not so much explain, but like what, what was the impression you were? Like? It seemed to me like it was almost like a combination of both. I think it's like they were brought there. They didn't know like why they were. To a yeah. it's like what James Earl Jones is saying at the end is people will come to the stadium, they'll hand over their money and a ticket, and not even know why they're going to do mm-hmm. it. It because they're just drawn to be there. People are going to come. It's just that. And actually, that's that's. A, I had a bigger one of the biggest gripes I had with the movie. I think and I didn't realize it until like just today. Like I had to sit with it for a while. Is that whole like the last shot of the movie? Right, is like a line of cars coming to the stadium to see mm-hmm. things. Does it bother you that the stadium in some way is going to be commoditized? Like the fact that people are going to pay money to come <laughs> and see these ghosts? Lose his farm, man. No, I don't know. No, no, no. It's, I know, right. There's, he has to have some kind of a way where he keeps his farm, right? Which which is, and I think they solve that problem where he'll, he'll get funded, it'll be fine. But it's weird that like, mass, get, it'll become this mass stadium where you can go and see the ghosts of people play. I liked it better if it was only, seen to only a few. And it's just like a magical oasis that you... Like one or two people will, will wander to it. It's more mystical versus like, all right, here we go. We're gonna get set. Yeah, we're gonna expand. Then... We're gonna make. We're gonna get a parking lot. <laughs> Memorabilia for all your dead fans, all your dead uh, players. Like 
Does that yeah. bother you at all, or is that no, just me? No, no, none of it bothered me. It would. It, what would bother me is if they had made a sequel save to this, and they had like Field uh, of Dreams yeah, too. Field of the Dreams, major leagues. <laughs> you know, and, and League fact, of Dreams. And if you read anything about uh, this, it's the 25th anniversary of this movie. There's, there's actually, uh, there's a, now there's a developer I think actually owns the Field of Dreams. Field actually became a tourist uh, spot. A tourist. Because it exists in Iowa, correct? right? It exists in Iowa, so That's people cool. actually would go to this place. And there are actual farmers around because it's a, they shot it in a real location in Iowa. Killed some. And uh, so, I think now a developer. I, I, I don't want to speak too much to the subject because I don't really know. I, I read it and I, I remember a little bit about it. There's a developer who wants to build multiple baseball fields, and of course, the people around there don't want it to become too commoditized, like you, like you were saying. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, yeah, there's. A good point that you're making, where it's uh, yeah, all these people are going to come, and it's going to be just like in real life now, where that actual field has become a place that people actually do want to come, although nothing actually happens there. Yeah, because like it's I just imagine movie, when movie I hear location. like when I'm saying like people will come, I feel like it's like one or two people will show up, and they'll kind of just experience this mystical way versus like traffic, and then they're right. like, oh my god, you know, it's backed up. Like, right. Well, I think that what Google Maps, it's all red and black. You know, like it's like stuff like I, that. I think I they were trying to make this place. So this movie's. We should probably just say this movie is a, kind of a religious movie. It's a movie, but the religion is baseball in, in, True, in this yeah. case, right? Oh, so, I've never heard that phrase that way. That's so, actually so, interesting. That's brilliant. Yeah. So, yeah, so the religion is baseball, and they're they're almost setting this uh, this spot in Iowa to be like a Mecca, right? Or a Jerusalem mm. or something where people just flock to it. So if you expect too much explanation with that, like, it's, it's, I mean, yeah, you could say people are going to pay to see it. People don't necessarily pay to go to the Wailing Wall. I mean, or who do they? I don't, I don't know. Um, I've actually never been to Israel, so, so I don't know. Yeah. I'm a bad yeah. Jew. Oh, Shameful. Shameful. I've also never been to Israel, though. My wife has. Terrible. Not me. Yeah. Um, Get her on the podcast. Anyway, so I, I see it as like, you can't explain it too much. I mean, yeah, they're going to... I don't know. It's, just, it. it's it's implicate. It, to be honest, it was the visual. It's the it's the yeah. emotional visual. I see traffic, and I'm like, oh my god, going to Yankee Stadium where there's like tens of thousands yeah. of people playing, and they're just like everyone's yelling, and they're right. selling popcorn. So, you can so I'm like, just imagining lots of crying young men in the cars, like, oh my dad's gonna be in this field. It's, almost, right. it's, like a very, it's a very cynical way to look at something that's pop. It's supposed to be very heartfelt. But the, the music. Okay, so here's one thing I love about the music of this movie. Yeah. It's never orchestral until the very end scene. Yes, there, there's no strings. There's not yeah. a full orchestra until the and then it hits and then it's just like it's one of my favorite scores of all time yeah, James Horner, and, right? in the beginning it's even very ethereal and strange it's not, and I liked it no it's very, orchestra and then yeah. at the very end like the final note of no the score no boings at all no, no, no boings <laughs> <laughs> nice callback um, but um, and I, I think it's funny, funny though I always found that moment to be very satisfying because the, the music does finally end its score as you know you see that beautiful line of cars but now as I think about it I'm like I hate sitting in traffic that's a right. terrible yeah. message it, it, it could yes. have been so much cooler if you saw people walking like crowds yes. walking to that. I think that's like much more and again it's less like modernization like technology doesn't go well with mysticism for me. It always, it always makes it weird or cheaper. No, they're just headlights. They're, they're they're like, cars. Everyone's going to drive. It's like, what if... It, I don't know. It's just something about <laughs> it. It's less like... It's less timeless. You know yeah. what I mean? I think, I think, I think, think you're, letting, what... you're letting the uh, the why of the situation catch you I up. do that a lot. You're like, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I think there's an analytical thing that you have to sort of let go. Um, because going back to Archibald Graham, um, doesn't, does it totally make sense in the story? No, but I love hearing the idea... One of my favorite lines in the movie is he talked about, you know, you played one game in the majors, but you never got to go any further. Some people would consider that a tragedy. And he's like, if I only got to be a doctor for five minutes, that, that would, would have be been a tragedy. A tragedy. That's yeah. one of those lines that has stuck with me for a long time. And that's just like, yeah. I think Years. about that line. Yeah, I think about that line, like, just when I'm driving around, like, I'm like that's a brilliant, like, sentiment about life. Like, he, yeah. cho- he, yeah. he made a choice that may have been the lesser joy at that time, but ultimately resulted in a more fruitful and fulfilling life for him and other people. Like, he, yeah, the way yeah. he, who he influenced. So, right. um, and to make that very clear, especially when he, when he shows up to save his daughter which again felt a little contrived but whatever <laughs> I, I thought it's a good point of the fact that like he, they're making the point that like yeah dreams are important but also it's really it's if you don't fulfill your dreams it's not you're not it's not a wasted life you didn't like you know it's just that it's something good he he went on to do good things if i don't make my dreams and i become like you know this old man like like his father and, and mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world you still have worth like he has his family he, he eventually goes back to his family like they do make that point that like dreams are important, but they're also not the be all end all of your life, which I think is, is poignant. Um, and I would argue that as much as this movie venerates baseball, it venerates the art of writing mm-hmm. because Terrence Mann is viewed as basically a godlike figure. There's mm-hmm. when they go to try to find out more about um, 
Moonlight Graham, they get the newspaper articles about him before mm-hmm. he passed away, but which mm-hmm. is a beautifully written article. I like the way that's mm-hmm. even written. Um, so there's uh, and also there's a whole there's a whole scene in this movie, like you were saying, where she d- defends books from being burned right, against right, yeah, the yeah. evil lady in the PTA meeting. So right, yeah. um, just it's very interesting to me uh, what this movie. It's almost like it's a love letter to various things, kind of cohesively told. A together. whole bunch of things. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I will concede that the plot isn't necessarily as direct as it needs to be all the time. Yeah. Um, so I do want to quickly mention, or at least to have this discussion, it has to happen because Kevin Costner is in this movie. Yeah. Where do you fall on Kevin Costner? I'm because glad you brought, Co- I was going to bring Costner, this up. Costner divides a lot of people. Some people think he is the worst actor that somehow fell into the world of yeah. cinema and has no personality. Which like I, he, I don't understand. He's Mister No Personality, be... or he's a brilliant actor that kind of molds mm, to his role. I have to go that far. I wouldn't. I, I would say. I, there were scenes I liked. There were lines he delivered that I liked, and there were ones I thought were awful. I, I couldn't. I'm like, I, I was just sitting there. I'm like, I don't know. If, really, some awful? of it seemed very stiff and very like mm. awkward. Like he was just reading lines versus other scenes I thought was a little more natural. Mm. I, I think he's likable, and I think he's like a decent looking dude. I think, but mm-hmm. like I, I just feel like yeah, his his acting abilities were not the best. But it mm. didn't too far move me from the movie because I feel like it was only a couple scenes here and there. For the most part, I was kind of on board with him. Um, so where do you where do you feel like he he really worked in the movie? Like, can you think of a, there are a couple? I liked I liked his his repartee with what's his name uh, James Earl Jones. I think some of those scenes were great. It was just I can't even tell. It was like just like a, a throwaway line here or there where he just say it and sound like he was reading it or he didn't really wasn't really there. He just kind of said the words. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked his relationship with James Earl Jones, especially with his father. Like the end scene, I thought he, mm-hmm. he did a really good job with. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that he doesn't. I mean, that's the writing. That's not really so much the acting. But like, he doesn't immediately say like, "Hey, I'm your son. This is your right. granddaughter." Like, he yeah. almost seems like he's not going to say it. And then he decides like, and he, he kind of just says, "Dad." Like I, that whole scene, I think he did very, very well. So I was kind of, you know, it didn't didn't ruin that scene for me. But yeah. what do you guys think? I don't know. You? No, I, I'm a I'm a well at the time. You know, I'm always the Kevin Costner apologist. I feel like <laughs> because you know he made a lot Apparently. of bad decisions because. Uh, you know, post uh, JFK in his career, which Water was like, was he, yeah, he made a lot of bad decisions. You know, but but uh, did I mention Waterworld? Yet? Waterworld, yeah. I've never, Have you I've, seen Waterworld? Waterworld, Waterworld is not as terrible. We watch that. I, you know, podcast. I'd love to because I'd love to see what all the hoopla is about. Yeah, maybe, it's it's. I don't even know what's really. Worth I don't. I kind of maybe I need to rewatch it too. But I don't think it's as bad as I've. Are you talking about the scene where he's like, no, it's definitely going, paper, paper. No, no, no. It's, de- it's definitely not as bad as everybody says. I'd it, like to see the it. Postman is it. much worse, but he's made some bad. See, but I know people that love the Postman. Oh God! It's like so. So basically, between for me, between JFK and and he he kind of came back in the uh, early 2000s with uh, the upside of anger which where he played this like sports uh, uh talk show host and then he and then he was uh, he made a, a another relatively decent western called open range that was actually pretty good oh, no, then yeah. he showed up again in superman another movie about cornfields right and then and then he's kind of you know anyway so if you i was a, a i was a pretty big fan of kevin Costner. honestly this was the point in my life where it was like trying to pick actors who i could kind of stick with and identify with when i was 13 and, and uh you know we should just mention that at this point in his career, this was kind of the peak of Kevin Costner's career. He was, you know, you see him now. He just had a movie come out called Draft Day, another sports movie. And uh, I don't know how popular it was. But, I mean, he, he, there was a point where he was like a, like a golden boy of, of, of Hollywood, right? I mean, he did he did a series of movies from like 1986 through 1991 where, where he was just... It, it, he it, was the heartthrob. He right. was the leading man. Right. He it was everything. And it wasn't he just was that, though. He was making like he was... It, he was doing quality work, like Bull Dor- uh, Durham was another baseball movie that came out the year before this one. That still holds up as a really good, solid baseball comedy. I mean, that is a really good movie. He's has a, he has a huge movie career in baseball. He's obviously a baseball fan because he did For the Love of the Game, the Sam Raimi film, where he right. plays a pitcher on... Right, uh, but that was kind of in his, what I call... Twilight? Like, Twilight, the darker years, I would say, of his career. I'm talking about like The Untouchables, which for me is a movie that maybe would be worth rewatching for the show, which I think is a great movie and... He's not necessarily great in it, but I mean, he's... Is that he's, De Palma? That's the De Palma movie with Sean Connery. But, you know, he's still... I, I watched that movie and I still think, oh, God, he, you know, you can see why he was a star. You know, he he has... For me, he had charisma. And Dances with Wolves, I'm always... And I, I know everyone says, Goodfellas should have won Best Picture. Goodfellas is one of my favorite movies of all time. I always kind of stick up a little bit for Dances with Wolves just because I think it's a great movie. I, it's definitely not on par with Goodfellas. But I, I feel like people pick on Dances with Wolves just because, you know, okay. Yeah, obviously, just like Forrest Gump shouldn't have won Best Picture. Should have been Pulp Fiction. 
it's 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 obvious but uh at the same time you know he was making movies that i really kind of connected with and field of dreams was just one of them so i i so that's a kind of a long rambling way of saying that when i uh, you know people would kind of diss kevin Costner like he's stiff he is a little bit of, you know he's a little bit stiff as an actor but uh he also kind of has this kind of like everyman natural kind of loose quality to him where and, and, and there was a lot of scenes in this movie where I thought, well, I, I, I don't get the Kevin Costner hate, you know. And you I think know. I think it worked for the character though. I think the character is supposed to be a little bit stiff and awkward and kind of just. I think it it, it worked in that sense. He, you know, he reminded me a lot of um, Patrick Wilson's the actor's name. He's the guy in uh, yeah. Family of the yeah. Opera and uh, Watchmen I, and Little Children. Yeah, yeah, Little yeah. Children. Well, yeah. He looks. It looked very similar to him. Like which right. is they both have that all American look, like they were born in Iowa type quality <laughs> to them. Yeah. Like. Um, yeah, yeah, Patrick Wilson always gets cast as like we need a guy, a white, bland. We man. just need a guy. Let's just throw right. a guy in there. Who do we want? We need a guy. Then get Patrick Wilson. Costner has some. That, and there's one other performance I want to mention uh, in this Clint Eastwood movie called A Perfect World, where he was actually really, really, really great in that movie. Actually, um, so that was '92 or '3 or something like that. So he he was, in my opinion, he was doing pretty solid work from like 1986 through 19 the mid 90s doing you know? god's work and then in movies not god's work but he was you know <laughs> he was really good in bull durham he was really good in dances with wolves and he was good enough in this movie i thought oh i think he's real i think he's and, real strong in this movie yeah and, i mean i'm a little bit of a costner apologist as too i i mean apologist too i i understand why people make fun of him and pick at him but like i, I wouldn't say anything he did was like make fun of worthy though i thought it was kind of just like yeah, yeah. well there's like yeah. You watch a movie like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Right, where he where was not good. Everyone's, well, it's not that he's not good. It's just he's what not. Was he he in shouldn't. That? Robin Hood. He's not, he doesn't fit huh. in that movie. He's just, oh, that was awkward. <laughs> it's not that he's he's just wrong for the movie. And I and this goes back to casting. I think Kevin Costner is great when he's cast in the part that's right for Kevin Costner. Right, yeah, I agree. And then you get him a movie like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves when everyone is doing a British accent. And oh. It's a period piece. And he's, he looks like a guy from Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> With know. a Robin Hood hat on. Yeah. And, he's just... and I would even argue a movie like The Bodyguard he doesn't quite work in. No, When he's no, playing like the steamy heartthrob. It just doesn't work for me in that kind of movie. So yeah, yeah. I think Kevin Costner is appropriate when he is used correctly. He's like a tool. Right. You know, he's a, he, he is a... <laughs> you just call Kevin Costner a tool. Yes, I did. <laughs> he is a specific tool for specific situations <laughs> and when not used... What a backhanded compliment. No, it's, it's not a backhanded compliment. That's you, straight up insulting. Yeah. But that's just the way I feel he's about him. He's going to be heartbroken when he hears that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he listens to every episode multiple, multiple times. Yeah. In this movie, he has to do more, I think, uh, reacting. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of... Yeah. It's almost like yes. it's like Kevin Costner is here to like like uh, he's almost like uh, Moses or Noah or something where he's just like okay you want me to do this okay I'll do it and I'll listen to what these people have. you know he has to but like he does listen react to what in a couple people. of spots and it's always weird like, I don't know the whole like what come on why can't I go in the corn I built this damn field yeah, like oh dude he... chill there was no build up to that at all you just flew off the handle like well, I think there was though sports analogy yeah. baseball well, analogy uh, killed it killed it okay so this movie. <laughs> Uh, is obviously, you know, like I said, this is the movie that stereotypically is known for making men cry. That's what this movie is. Um, I didn't cry. And why still is that? a man? Why is that? Because well, I think not? it touches on a lot. Of, like I said, I think it's the father something that really hits me home. Mm. Hit, hits me home. Uh, what hits is, it home? Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Baseball. Another analogy. baseball analogy. Man, we're, Dave, you got to do one. Uh, let's man. go around the circle, around the triangle that we're in right now. <laughs> the love triangle. Well, the the podcast love triangle that we're in. What is your favorite moment in this movie and why? And I, I have a very specific moment in mind. It's v- incredibly specific. Okay. It's a very small thing. But anyway, you go first, Mike. Oh, man. Whoa. Okay, Let's I can go start. backwards. Okay, Let's go did you like it? Why don't you, you like start? Wait, do you want I, I want to take yours. Do you want me to start and then you we'll start go, it off yeah. and we'll go around backwards. So the famous line in the movie, obviously, is that the the famous scene is when they're you know playing catch at the end with his father. Dad, do you want to have a catch? And when he says, at the very end, he says, you know, Dad, you want to have a catch? Now that 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 is scary. I think that scene is amazing. But my favorite moment happens immediately after. It's when his father first throws him the ball, and Kevin Costner's character Ray Kinsella actually catches it. And there's a moment where he looks at the ball, yeah, like he yeah. consults it, and he tries. He decides, wait a minute, this is it's real. actually happening. And yeah. that's yeah, yeah. the moment that gets me. It's his face. He, he he takes a moment to actually just normally when you're throwing catch, you know, you know, you throw it back. Whatever. and he right, holds right. it for a second. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh crap, I am playing catch with my father. And that's the moment. Like, and the music soars at that point. Mm-hmm. I guarantee, I'm crying now, almost mm-hmm. thinking about like that scene. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just, that's the scene that does it for yep. me. Like every, that's the moment. So, yeah. uh, what about you guys? Yeah, I mean, I think that I haven't take five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you're a mess. You're a mess. 
just gets me all weepy. Yeah, well, I mean, that definitely, I mean, I would say growing up, I mean, when this movie started to affect me, I would say that was probably my favorite moment. I think the moment that, that I enjoyed watching the most now is the Burt Lancaster speech where he talks about, uh, you know, what he just is reminiscence of baseball and what it was like being a young man and that kind of stuff. So I yeah. think that performance by Burt Lancaster, who was a uh, kind of a, a famous actor for a long time, and this was his last movie. Yeah, he just basically shows up, steals the movie for five minutes, and right. then leaves. It's pretty so, cool. So, I mean, if I was going to have to just for the sake of just differing from from what your you know different moments in the movie i would say that i watched that moment i think wow that's really strong I mean, that that shows that there the are really, the really strong office. moments in this movie um so i don't know i mean they, we had to pick the, one the one where, where they're in the doctor's office <laughs> and they're yes. talking okay, the yeah. doctor's office and they're talking and it's just like this casual conversation he's like so i think you're supposed to come back with me and he's like mm, Meh. no Meh. i don't think so <laughs> you know? yeah. and this is why you know but you know it was it was great just watching the way he you know it was a very delicate performance you know he doesn't uh, overplay it so I don't know I really like Burt Lancaster in this movie I do too yeah, yeah I do too yeah um, I I'll, I will say I like you know I think the line for me the line where he says it's not my favorite one, I'm just going to go off what I haven't said where he says um, do you want to have a catch mm-hmm. I think that for me is the most poignant because at that point you know that he stopped having a catch with his father it's I feel like that's kind of like that one line fixes everything that him and his father had like everything had been he's torn apart accomplished, with basically he's accomplished the mission of the movie he's, mm-hmm. he's yeah he's fulfilled his dream he's, his father's his dream pain. right 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 and, um, and when he talk, when you say his it's his own pain right. Yeah, because there's that one, the one line that I actually do not like in the movie is when it cuts back to Shoeless Joe Jackson, played by Ray Liotta, and he's like, it was my father the whole time, and Ray Liotta's no, like, no, Ray, right. it was you. Right, and that's Which the kind of I, sentimental stuff that, that yeah. doesn't necessarily work that well. It doesn't well. necessarily work. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Because you're too when, busy crying until like, <laughs> they get you, you're just slipping by you're not paying attention. You know, even like grammatically, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, because if he was easing his pain, he has to ease his own. It doesn't make sense. It ease your pain. Ease your pain. Right. So, you know, you can the voice doesn't have to be all mysterious like that. Right. I guess I, he's trying to make a point. He's like, yeah, it was your father, but it was also you too, man. Like you're both hurting. This is it's you such know. a very that's it's like the one movie that one movie one part of the movie that always stands out to me. It's like a big wink to the audience. Mm-hmm. Like, no, guys, that's the dude. When he helped his father, who actually mm-hmm. helped himself. Mm-hmm. Do you see what happened there? It's and, and you have to appreciate Ray Liotta in this movie too. We haven't talked. I mean, he's yeah, he's real right? good in it too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, there's this there's this moment. He, he has this kind of I don't know how famous it is really, but he has this laugh that he. That is so distinctive in Goodfellas, where he's like, it's like this kind of like, <laughs> you know, so it's just so loud and obnoxious. And there's this point in the movie where he talks about Ty Cobb, and he's like, he's like, Ty Cobb wanted to play, but we couldn't stand the son of a bitch when he was alive. So we told him to stick it, right? And then he's got this like crazy Ray Liotta laugh that nobody else has. It's like this staccato thing that just, it's just very distinctive. But um, I also you know. in final perform, I like. The Amy Madigan's role in this movie. Yeah, I, I was. I think she's she a little. She's a little irritating. This is you wife, thought right? she was irritating. Yeah, a little. She's a I little too a lot. kooky. She's a little too fun. And like, I felt like that was. She's like, a hippie. That is like. She's, yes, I know. She's a modern hip. She's a hipster. If she existed today, I, I felt like they, they were like, <laughs> oh, let's make her crazy and kooky, and she was like <laughs> crazy and kooky. And I'm like, all right, just tone it down. Just from you know, whatever. Anyway, I guess I track the favorite moment. I I, I think my one. If I can't pick either of your favorite moments, I, th- I really like the scene where Archie Graham, as a kid, is living out what he talks. I'd love yeah. to wink at a pitcher and let him know I know something he does. And he does, and then he kind of gets the ball thrown at him. And yeah, they're all like, come on, rookie, get it back in there. That old scene, I, I enjoy seeing that. Because it's kind of like some kid who never really got to do that. Mm-hmm. I feel like more than anyone else, that was his... He had the biggest dream of all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, what's his name? Uh, Shoeless Joe. You know, he played baseball. He got thrown mm-hmm. away, but he wanted to play again. I feel like he had the most, the strongest, like, moment that he got to experience, mm-hmm. you know, as to relive. Right. right. That, like, that he specifically had a very specific thing he wanted to do, mm-hmm. and he got to do it. I thought that was, yeah. that was cathartic to see him be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just, like, scenes, I, I, I like, favorite images. Just, I love this, the shots of, like, the sunset behind the corn mm-hmm. with these Beautiful guys. Shot and, movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. These guys in the the old time uh, baseball, the small mm-hmm. mitts, like they're just kind of like hanging out and then like kind of calling it a day and going back into the corn. Something about that is very American. Even just it recalls images of like working a full day's work somewhere on like I don't know like the the mill or the, the coal mines. To- Everyone kind of just like calls it a day and they all walk <laughs> off together. Like it's just cool. We need it's to do cool. a corn movie series and do Days of Heaven next. And oh. like, and then I've seen signs. half of that movie. Signs. <laughs> we, do, we do every every corn. Every single Terrence Malick movie in the world. <laughs> there you go. 
Um, final question I'm having before I'm going to close. Uh, well, we can talk more if you guys want to. But no, apparently we can't. That's fine. Shut it down. I My final question is, did you watch this with a significant other? And does a girl like this movie as much as a boy? No, she didn't. No, no she, I, hadn't, she had seen it in bits and pieces. My wife uh, had seen this movie. And I was watching it with her. And at the end of the movie, she's talking a little bit like, shush, don't talk. Because, you know, it's, it's for me, it, I mean, this movie was a little bit like a religious experience. And it's like, I want to feel this movie when I watch it. You know? Yeah, you so want that. It's interrupted. like... Um, so if, if you had... So, you know, she didn't experience it the same way. It, it might not... It, I said, you have to put yourself in this situation. Imagine it's Beaches. Because I think for her, Beaches, the movie, the Midler movie, Beaches... <laughs> I'm so are you saying Bitches with an accent? No, 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 you're no, no, saying no, no, Beaches? No, no. Like the beaches, Jamaica. Beaches. You know, there, beaches. Are some, there, there are movies, I think, that maybe work just... That are that work better for men and maybe work better for women and, and I think maybe this is the situation. I don't. Well, so I, I don't think centric. I've ever had a girlfriend or talked to anybody that that wasn't a guy that got you know choked up at choked as, quite as choked up as you know. There's something specific to, to men and fathers and sons uh, where it comes. I think I think that just plays a lot into how you're going to react with this movie. So yeah, might you watch it by that. yourself? <laughs> no, actually, I watched it with my family. Uh, I want to watch my girlfriend. I didn't have internet at the time, so I couldn't do it. Um, watch it with my folks. How did you watch it? Just online? I, I was I was home for the weekend, so I was with my my folks and uh, my brother. Actually, my mom got tired. I went to bed, so she was not. <laughs> I don't think she was very emotionally invested. Um, my brother and my dad stayed at the very end, uh, even though they were exhausted. They were like, "How much longer is this movie gonna go?" Like they they stuck around for it. I think they appreciated. it. I think they both had the same of like, "All right, what just happened?" I think you know it, it, they tend to enjoy more concrete things, less I think fantastical stuff, but. I think they were invested in it. I think you, you want to watch a movie about baseball and fathers and sons and that kind of stuff. And I think they enjoyed it from that perspective for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, I remember, well, I didn't watch this movie this time around with my wife, but I remember watching, trying to, she said she had never seen Field of Dreams like, you know, early on in a relationship. Almost, I was like, oh my God, we have to watch Field of Dreams immediately. Like, we need to do this now. So like, I got the movie and we like sat down and watched. She's like, after oh. you finish watching, she's like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> like, I'm breaking up with you. <laughs> and, uh, um, I don't know. Like, there's certain things about movies. Like, we watch movies for different reasons. I mean, mm. every movie we watch for different reasons. Um, What's your reason? For wa- well, for I think it depends on the movie. But a movie like Field of Dreams, I revisit because I want to feel sad. Does that feel mm. like weird? No, no, no. no. I want to have a good weird. cry. I'm glad, I'm glad you're that. saying that no. because E.T. is a movie like that for like, me. Yeah, like, it's like so people that listen to sad songs because they mm-hmm. just want to feel sad. Like, sometimes I just want to, like, have, like, a moment where I just feel like... You need more I'll, tragedy I'll, in your I'll, life. I, I, I prefer I'm, sad music before really... I do too, actually. I think I do too. Well, yeah. and, I, and when I say sad, I don't mean like, oh, it's so sad that everyone died. Just like, I want to feel like emotion. You want to feel you know? nostalgia, yes. wistfulness, yeah, like right. yearning. Wistfulness, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. And that this movie it just feels, does that It for feels me. good to feel emotion. And I think when, yeah. when movies do that, that you, you want to repeat that experience. But that's, that's a good point. Because that's like, for me, a movie, I really only enjoy a movie if it brings you to the point of like, at least like getting teary or I, I like being emotionally affected by things. And, and, and that's why I feel like this movie kind of fell into favor with me because I think it does... For all its flaws, I think it does emotionally affect me in a way, so I kind of appreciate it more. And not to get too much on a tangent, but I think this is a huge problem with a lot of movies being produced today. There's no heart and no soul. Well, it's like they're... They're, they're, when you finish watching like okay yeah that was a movie there was a beginning there was a middle and end and blah 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 but because it lacks that additional emotional aspect to it it feels it's almost like everything has been focus grouped to the point yes. where it is trying to appeal to as many people as possible all at once and when, you do, yeah. when you do that you create this situation where yes it is, it a, is it efficient yeah but does it ever last beyond a certain point I feel like a lot of movies no. go through and check off the boxes of like, like hero has to do this then hero has to do that now and it we've does got our that. third act here now where everyone's happy it's yeah. a it's a good movie and it doesn't like and I think most of the you know the, the movies that are winning Oscars are the ones like, that don't I, do that but. I would rather have a movie that feels a little shaggy or, 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 or parts that just don't quite work but when it does hit it it hits it out of the park I feel like yeah and, and I feel like ball. a lot of blockbuster movies don't do that the only movie I'd say recently I saw a Lego movie I thought I felt like did that I feel like that had, it was a that, silly yeah. movie and it was a lot of fun it was a kids mm-hmm. movie but I think it had a lot of really good heart in it and there was a lot of like it was an emotional moment I think toward yeah. the end of the movie that really they, yeah. they hit you. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Again, fathers and sons. Uh, I mean, you're gonna it's love. Like it. I'm you're racking my brain it. trying to remember the last movie where it, where it was a new movie and it, and it made me kind of tear up a little bit. I can't think, and I can't think of anything at the moment. I do remember when I saw Return of the King, the Lord of the Rings movie. <laughs> I, High five, my I, man. Oh, God. I was a mess at the end of that movie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I had been so caught up. I mean, I didn't read Lord of the Rings growing up. And this is this movie, you know, and The Return of the King came out about what, 11, 12 years ago. So, I mean, it's been God, a while. What? Since. Did it really? I think no. it was 2002 or three years yeah. ago. Yeah, it's been a oh while. Oh, my God. Because so, I think what? Fellowship's like 2001, Yeah, 2000. you're right. It came out yeah. Yeah, freshman year of college. I think. So, I mean, it is, I was uh. heavily invested in those movies. And, and, and by, the, by the end of Return of the King, I, you know, I... The, 
and it's meant to be emotional. It's not like it's it's something that uh, they say. Well, you know, they build it up as something like you know you're supposed you're supposed to be feeling really sad, or you're supposed to be feeling really emotional about what's going on. You know, some movies you see and maybe it hits you in an emotional way, but wasn't necessarily intending. What part? Of I'm that? curious. I don't think Lord of the Rings ever made me cry. I loved it, but I don't oh, think. It oh, was Return it. of the King. Well, I mean, there's a whole bunch of moments. There's you know. Uh, at the, at the end of the movie, I mean, come on. I've seen those movies once. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like this, uh, how you know, end up <laughs> talking about like what death is like. That's yeah, cool. I mean, That's there, there cool, was yeah. that. There's the scene where 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 Sean Astin is carrying Elijah Wood up the mountain. I could carry you. Yeah, I'll carry yeah. you. From I mean, yeah. yeah. And, and again, these these lines are kind of cheesy. Just like the dad, do you want to have a catch? Lines are cheesy, but you know, if yeah. if, if if you're if you're already kind of you know really invested in what's going on, and 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 uh, and then they. They say, uh, I, I, I feel like I'm rambling on here, but my point is, is that well, you are, but that's there were okay. there were a lot there were a lot of points in, in a movie like that, and uh, and like ET for I mean I, I keep coming back to Return of the King for some reason, but that's just because it's the most recent one that, that I can think of, and that was like over ten years ago. Uh, ET yeah. growing up was a movie where I'm like, yeah, I got I would just get really sad every time. Yeah, it's just um, like, I have what? a soft spot for creepy aliens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anytime a movie just gets me to that point where I feel emotionally vulnerable, I feel like I've just went through something. And that's yeah. something about movies that I kind of, uh, that's why I love movies. I just, I haven't had that experience a lot lately. Right. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I'll see movies I objectively enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that was a really good movie or that was really well made. But I just don't feel, like I don't feel it. And that's, mm-hmm. I think that's why Field of Dreams just works so well for me because I feel it. So, mm-hmm. I agree, yeah. Um, any final thoughts before we finish out this um, sappy episode of Field of Dreams Talk? <laughs> well, I, I want to recommend one article that was written in The Atlantic recently. Uh, you should just maybe put it in the... Uh, the show notes. The show notes. Which you can find yeah. at reviewpodcast.com. <laughs> right, where they do talk a little bit about what's going on with the actual... For anyone interested, the, act, you know, the, the field does exist. Can you uh, email exist. me that link so I yeah. know what to link to? Yeah, okay. it's right here. So. All right, cool. Um, so we can actually follow up on everything that we talk about on this show. Speaking of which, if you want to find us on the web, you can do so at reviewedpodcast.com, at facebook.com slash reviewedpodcast. What did you want to say, Mike? Did we do this already? Oh, emails. It was emails before. Oh, and you can uh, email us at contact at well, – I'm doing it I'm, – I'm, I'm re-upping the show. Bookending it. This I like is, it. This is how a professional does it, Mike. <laughs> uh, it's contact at reviewedpodcast.com. Let us know what movies you want us to talk about. Um and we will do our best to talk about them. I don't know. What movie are we doing next week? I don't think you're officially decided. We didn't, we didn't decide. Oh, uh, game oh. time decision. Uh, Dave, choose. Uh, Return what? of the King. <laughs> Done. <laughs> no. I didn't suck it up. <laughs> well, we were going to do Harold and Maude. I think that's what we were going to do. Do you still want to do that or no? Because uh, I can do Harold and Maude. I and, think it's and, a good movie to right. talk about. And what, was, and what were the other ones that you were talking about? Oh, I, oh I, Superman or Batman. Well, I just right. know that oh, we're, that's right. we're yeah. entering yeah. summer movie season. So I kind of wanted to talk about classic blockbusters, as especially superhero ones, because... I feel like the superhero genre has changed so much mm-hmm. since the 80s yeah. in terms of the way it exists in pop culture. Was that campy and weird? I don't yeah. know. But that's maybe interesting for discussion. Whether I also want to talk about Dick Tracy. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. I movie. just rewatched that recently. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. The Shadow interesting movie. No, Alex that's Baldwin. Not, that's not worth a rewatch. <laughs> the Phantom with Billy Zane. Oh, uh, again, also not worth. Okay, a why don't we? Why don't we settle on Harold and Maude? If we change our mind, we'll change our mind and let you guys know. All right. Uh, in the meantime, but Harold and Maude is really easy to watch right now. I believe it's on Netflix Watch Instant, so yep. it's uh, it's easy to obtain for anyone who wants to kind of play along with the show. What year is it? Uh, 1970s. It sounds 70s. real old. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what, just because it's two old names? Two old names. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any idea what it's about, Mike? I have no clue. I like, oh, don't, I like it that good, way. Actually. Yeah, Leave it alone. I've only seen it once, so I'd say I, I've I also only seen it once. My interpretation so far is that they're like a Bonnie and Clyde style. That's not what I'm imagining oh, in my head. So You're I'm in for a treat. Okay. <laughs> uh, not at all. Um, so uh, before we close out, Mike Morandi, where can people find you on the internet if they choose to do so? Funny you should ask. It's MikeMirandi.com. And uh, Twitter, it's uh, at MikeMirandi. Dave, where can they find you? You can find me at Dave Glanz. That's spelled G-L-A-N-Z. And DaveGlanzProductions.com. And you can find me, Ivan, at Lucky9Studios.com. I also am an editor for the website ShortOfTheWeek.com. So you can find my writing and work there. Um, In the meantime, we will see you next time for Harold and Maude. Bye. Thanks, guys. That was good. That's actually pretty good. Pretty good, right? Echo, echo, echo. Sorry. All right.